Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome to your next episode with me, Amy. And me, Louise. So, Louise, you know, I've been doing all these online gigs. Yes. I was doing like one or two a week before lockdown, but getting onto the train. Yeah. You know, coming back out. Now I'm just logging on and um, meeting so many interesting people, one of whom we're going to be talking to today. Um, She is Donna Landy, and she is a trans woman. She's 56 years old. She's got two kids. Uh, I, oh, she's so funny. Her whole set is about her life. And I just thought, oh, we should have a chat with her. Would you be up for that? Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, can how long ago did she come out? Is that the right phrase? I don't know. Am I using the right phrase? Well, this I is the I'm... thing. I've been Googling for the past sort of, uh, you know, few days about researching you know I don't have many trans people in my group of friends I'm going to be totally honest with you about no. that so I was kind of like what how terminology what do I say and I've met her online I've gigged with her online it's not like we're really really good friends and I can say absolutely anything to her um so I, I think about five or six years ago I think that's the right. sort of time yeah. frame so and she's got been, kids hasn't she as well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so was born a man was in a straight relationship, married a woman, had two children. Those children would have got to the age of about, oh my math, sort of six something mm. around that sort of age, and 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 then took when she, the decision. Yeah, it, so early fifties, if it, if it was about five years ago. She's yes, 56. and that conversation is coming up. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Thank you so much for doing this, first of all, and thank you for doing it this early in the day i know you were saying on the oh, we were suggesting sort of evenings but um yeah louise and i just sort of get tired after I'm about 51, five i have to be in bed really by sort of nine ish so <laughs> <laughs> i'm afraid <laughs> um but i'm i'm 50 i'm 56 well uh, yeah i'm nearly 57 and i should be in bed by oh. 10 but i was i was out um, like um, gigging in America till two a.m. last Were night, you? drinking oh my God. drinking mezcal. So you know, exactly <gasps> look and feel my best at nine this morning. Wow, <laughs> God, well, well done for being. Well, we're not visual; it's just audio. So that's yeah, oh, thank least, God for that. Yeah, that's at least one thing. <laughs> thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. I should disclose we we have met Donna and I literally just through the online comedy scene that has sprung up. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, for me, it's kind of one of my highlights of lockdown, actually, meeting lots of different people that I wouldn't have normally met. Um, so, you know, that's uh, from, from a selfish point of view, as you say, like the, 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 the health implications for this whole thing has been awful. But actually, this community has sort of sprung up online, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think I mean, I, it's hard to, as a newcomer to comedy. It's hard to appreciate how lucky I am from that because I, I think, in a traditional sense, I would have been on the open mic circuit. I'd have just met, met other open mic comedians. I wouldn't have met many other professionals or experienced people. So I just feel really lucky that I've met so many experienced and amazing people too. Just lovely people. I was on a gig, a Zoom gig in um, somewhere in America, somewhere in the south, and I suppose it's more what people would call redneck country. Um, mm-hmm. And there's me, trans woman, um, doing my stuff. And a lot of my stuff is about being trans. And afterwards, the feedback that I got from people was, wow, it was just really nice to see you and hear about your life and about what it's like to be trans because all we get is sound bites. Mm. Yeah. And I thought that's, if I've changed some one person's mind oh, about God, what it yeah. is to be trans, yeah. then that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Do you know what? It's so funny because I was at an audience on a Zoom gig at, that Donna was doing a few weeks ago and it was sort of like a 7.30 start. So my nine-year-old is still, she's hanging around <laughs> at, at that at that sort of time. Um, but I do oh love to go on to these Zoom gigs and support other comedians. So she sat on my knee and, and Donna comes on. And obviously so when uh, what Donna does is in her little Zoom name thing, she has her name and then in brackets, she, her. So the first thing, because... My daughter's just not 
used to seeing that, that pronouns thing. Now she will be because that is the world that we are now living in, which is an amazing thing that people, it's getting out there, isn't it? That people will put their pronouns in. That That's a thing. Mm. So then we had, I had to put her on mute because obviously on Zoom, if the audience is not on mute, you hear every damn thing. Mm. And she's asked, obviously she had some questions like, why does it say she, her? Mm. And then obviously a lot of <laughs> Donna's jokes are trans jokes and they're really funny uh, but we had a chance to just talk about what the T in LGBTQ stood for on mute on a Zoom call and it really did mm. it was a lovely opportunity a really organic mm. opportunity for me to explain that and that it was so amazing so thank you for that oh you're so welcome I'm I'm, I'm absolutely delighted I, at the time I was mortified because I could see your daughter there her little was, face I, my, my, my stuff is really dirty <laughs> 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 How old are your kids, Donna? Uh, 15 and 11. How old's yours? So she's nine and then I've got a little one who's five, but he was out of the equation by then. Um, okay, yeah. Can I ask you, I've got it written down in front of me and it just looks really accusatory. Um, so, Donna, you're a trans woman. <laughs> you're 56. You're a parent. <laughs> Tell us about your journey. And it just, uh, you know, oh. if I was a pro podcaster, I would have used this lovely segue to talk about your journey. <laughs> but no, I'm going to butcher it by just uh, asking you, you know, point blank questions. <laughs> To be honest, I felt I felt different most of my life. Um, that okay. people didn't really understand me, and that, I, but I, I never really put was able to put a finger on it. I used to wonder if I was gay. People used to ask me, and I'm like, well, maybe, but I just don't feel that way. And um, so it was only a few years ago. I mean, until five years, say four or five years ago. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I was really quite a transphobe. I and I thought that being trans was like being a transvestite but full-time uh right. just, you know sexual fetish full-time and, and why would you want to do that you know um it's really it's ignorant and then w- suddenly it happened to me and I'm like oh my god that's what it is wow, you know it's yeah. a, suddenly I'm wearing women's clothes and it feel I just feel right in myself and I'm like this is weird what's going on I, d- I just don't know what why or what and but it, it just, and so I went on the internet, of course, as you do. Google is my friend. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Go- Dr. Google. <laughs> found lots of videos, watched stuff, and was like, oh, my God. And I, I, so here I had my plan all worked out. I was going to get on the phone to my therapist, as I do once a month, and say, Ian, I want to be a woman. This was my plan. And what came out of my mouth was, Ian, I am a woman. Wow. And that, yeah. that, is, that, is, that was just how it was for me. And that's how it is for me. And I know I'm, I don't, I'm not the same kind of woman as a woman who grew up as a woman, but I am a woman, nevertheless. Mm. And so were you that, married at that point? Yes, married with kids. My youngest had just had her eighth birthday party. We'd had a brilliant time. And that moment of knowing is called your, your coming in. And it is a most incredible moment, really. It's like coming home to yourself. But almost immediately that was followed by, oh, my God, I am going to be the person who kills my children's dad. Oh, mm. it was the most utter heartbreak. And yeah, it was, it's dreadful. And of course, my marriage suffered as well. We tried really, tried really hard to work it out. I was, I was married. I'm, I'm separated now from an amazing woman um, who really tried everything she could to stick with me and work through it. But in the end, we couldn't. And we now happily co-parent, which is mm. lovely. We live two doors apart, which is nice. Um, and 
Yeah. So it's funny, it all... you know, we were talking about um, before about how you meet people online. So I, I saw some, you know, you, you see people's posts on Facebook and then you obviously do the deep dive into the comments. And I was like, uh, uh, so not that I'm stalking you, Donna, but I'm obviously just... <laughs> she is stalking you, Donna. Uh, yeah, it's very, very possible. I was just like, wow, so how, how would this, that Amy. work? <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been warned, like like legally warned. Um, <laughs> I just thought, oh, surely that's not happened overnight. That's something that's taken years of the sort of. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm putting words into your mouth there, but it, that's obviously happened over the years that you you have a supportive relationship with the mother of your children. Yes, yeah, we do. I mean, we've always well got along well and and tried to talk everything out and. Um, it's just one of those things. I think, we, you know, in, the, in transitioning, we, while I was transitioning, we had um, some of the best conversations we've ever had of our lives. I mean, most mm. intense and deep. Mm. Um, and it was the Boxing Day after we separated where we had our last argument. And I, instead of flying into a rage, I, actually, I just felt like crying. And um, I just, in that moment, I decided, I swore that I would never, ever fight with her ever again. And we haven't, thank God. Presumably partners would need support too, is that right? Because I suppose for some there'll be a feeling of loss, confusion or maybe like even anger or hurt and I suppose it can affect the sense of who they are too. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head and I think Tina would um, like be really glad to hear you say that because it's been, it has been really tough for her. People don't consider what it's like for her and that she's effectively, she's lost yeah. her husband. Yeah. And not only that, but the person that her husband was has disappeared yeah. without a trace. There's yeah. no grave. There's no, there's just nothing. It's like I was lost at sea or something. Um, well, the, the the person I used to be was. And, and because people think, well, you know, she's still here. Yeah, I am, but I'm, but I'm not the person I was. And it's really hard for her. And the only support that's available is through, there are a few organisations, but she felt that, Really, they were kind of leaning towards the people who'd stayed with their, right. with their partners okay. through transition. And she couldn't do that because, you know, it, she just didn't want to be married to a woman. It's nothing, you know, she she, she thought about it and she, she's straight. So and why would that change? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Also, did she have to witness you having to deal with other people's comments or even unkindness? I'm just now thinking about all of that stuff that she must have had to have dealt with as well. And, you know, she loves you and that must have been hard as well. Or was it not an issue? Um, I think we've been actually quite lucky in that we haven't mm. had a lot of transphobia. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, despite... I mean, the West, I, I, just, I live in a town called Biddeford in Devon and, and it's lovely here. Yeah. People aren't very used to seeing um, different people yeah. of mm. any kind. We're not a very diverse community. So Are of you the only be, trans in the village? <laughs> I feel like it sometimes. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. There's a trans lady who runs the cobblers. There's um, a non-binary person in the co-op. Um, mm. There's a, another trans woman who runs a pub who was absolutely vile to me, but that's another story. Really? I, right. I know. I was like, people are people, right? Oh, I mean, are people. people are people. Some people are cunts. I mean, what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about when you were saying before, Donna, that um, Tina had lost her husband, but I, I was thinking, but then on the other hand, you had found yourself. So there's this weird juxtaposition isn't there where you maybe you felt lost at sea for so long, but then you found who you were always were inside? Do you know what I mean? And that's the push and pull of this, isn't it? Makes it so emotional. I know, and I'm going to start crying because it was like 
the happier I got, the sadder she got. Oh, sweetheart, it, I can, I can really, totally see that. It was really that. a tug of war and mm. I, I I couldn't take it and she couldn't take it really because, you know, there, every day there'd be something new arriving in the post, a wig or a, a dress mm. or something and I'd be, oh, I'm so excited and she'd be like, Rrr, you know, and then, oh. Yeah. It's, it was, it's terrible. It was. Would you have any advice, Donna, for people in the situation that you were in five years ago? Yeah, hang in there. It gets better. Mm-hmm. And um, call, find people you can talk to. That There's a lovely helpline down here in the southwest who are so supportive, the 20, like almost 24 hours. And um, and there's a, a local counselling service called Integrate who are fantastic. So there are people you can yeah. talk to. Would you say that a period of psychological support would be necessary to help someone be able to face challenges and build confidence in their affirmed identity? Would you recommend some sort of counselling? For me... I mean, I'm, I've really enjoyed the years of therapy that I've had, and I think they've been incredibly helpful from all sorts of points of view. So I, I would always, rec- always recommend yeah. counselling or yes. therapy. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think there are incredible challenges to coming out and being in the world and the workplace and the responses you do get from people and, and dealing with that. And it can be incredibly upsetting sometimes mm. Um, mm. just because you don't feel... Supported. I mean, I, I'm a contractor in IT by trade, and I got a role about a year ago at a place, and it was the first time I'd ever worked somewhere where there was another trans woman, and mm. and she's now a firm friend. So, but to be the only one of your kind anywhere is difficult, as yeah. I'm sure anyone anyone would know who's been that in that of situation. Of course. So yeah, support is really vital. So you said you suddenly realised. Did you go and see someone to get a sort of a, a, like a diagnosis? Is, is that the wrong word? Or yeah, no, no that's absolutely right. Um, <laughs> I did. I was. You actually. I mean, the, the first time I went out in the world as a woman, I, it was absolutely terrifying. I've got to tell you, I, I was away from. I worked away from home. Um, there was a comedy night that I regularly went to, and I decided. But I was always dared to do it. By uh, by my taxi driver, who was also a friend, and uh, we'd agreed to go out that night with some other lads. And um, so there, I was in the hotel room. I was like, uh, I wasn't very convinced. I was totally unconvincing. I hadn't got my book sorted out. My big beer belly. Oh God! It was, uh, but you know, a beautiful dress, my little black dress, and like trying to get my high heels on. I was, my hands were shaking so badly I couldn't do my shoes up, and I was just like, "Girl, you just got to throw yourself out that door, or you'll never get down there." Yeah. And I, I got down there, it's me, my little black dress and my pearls. And what does my what does my friend say at the bar? There she is, finally. <laughs> like, you have no idea, mate. You have no idea what this took. <laughs> and then he made some smutty joke about my pearl necklace, and that was it. That was it. <laughs> It's the end of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you sullied it... this experience for me. Thank <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, but it was a great night. I had the best night out. I've got the best comments from everyone at our table. It was just everyone was so supportive. It was absolutely lovely. So yeah, find a supportive environment. Find mm. go out with your friends if you can. Um, because if you try and do it at Morrison's, they will all stare at you. I yeah. swear to God. And yeah. then as soon as you look at them, they'll look at their shoes and, and check out their shoe polish. I don't know what's so interesting <laughs> about that. But <laughs> You were seeing a counsellor already. Is that who you discussed? You know, like decisions that need to be made about how you're going to live. Presumably a consideration would be whether a person wants to commence with hormone therapy and or consider surgery. What is that sort of process of, of deciding all of that stuff? So the first step um, is going to see a GP and getting on the waiting list, they'll refer you, but they can't prescribe anything themselves. Mm. And then you get all excited and go, oh, I'm on the waiting list. And then you find out that it's at least 
but it was. And they, when I joined the waiting list, it was two years. Right. Um, and as I discovered to my horror, two years later, the waiting list was still two years wow. and it hadn't moved in the entire two years. I'd and been this is just, just to see a specialist? That's that's some... Just to get a first appointment. Right. Um, so I've moved to London now and I wish I'd been there in the first place because the clinic in London is much better staffed. Mm. But I had to go to the back of the queue in London so I'll probably wait another two years before I see anyone in the NHS. Mm. So now, of course, you can't wait that long. I mean, someone, I don't know. I, I don't know if other people can, but for me, it's it's like you just got to do it. It's, it drives you. It's yeah. like... Well, you've you know, taken you those steps, haven't you? Wait and, to and get that yeah. stone out of your shoe. So mm. I'm lucky. I'm in a position I can afford to go private. Um, I saw someone in London, got a diagnosis, had to get a second opinion, but I got that. And on that basis, I started to get hormone therapy, which was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. like, it felt like everything in my body had been missing all these wow. years. Wow. God. Yeah. I didn't yeah. expect that at all. Right. And it, it, it was, it's it's absolutely lovely. So I'm still still on that. Um can I ask so what hormones? What hormones do you take? And what are the? would you mind describing the physical and emotional changes that you've experienced through that? Sure, sure, sure. And and it isn't, I have to say, it is a bit of a strange, it's a bit of a, almost a dehuman. And Well, getting the diagnosis, it can be a bit, like you're trying to explain yourself and justify yourself mm. just to get, mm. I mean, for me, it just, it seems like a basic human need. Yeah. And, and my GP has been so supportive, but she's not allowed to prescribe. And she could have so easily because all I'm getting really is HRT, um, which, right. she prescri- which she would prescribe to women in other circumstances as well. So, yeah, like I'm, I'm getting, taking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's no reason why your GP couldn't prescribe. And I mean, really, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm trans, they are trans. They yeah. know. They've been thinking about it for ages. But it's, yeah. it's the most difficult thing to say. So anyhow, so yeah. Um so I, I am trying to, when I get, do get a chance to campaign that with the changes in legislation that are coming and um, try and put a word in, say, the, the simplest and easiest solution to sorting out the queues, the massive queues for, for gender gender services, is simply to, to devolve them to the GP as yeah, much as possible. absolutely. I'm taking um, oestrogen and progesterone. Mm. Uh, to, for that, those are the two feminine hormones. And I'm, I'm taking um, two androgen blockers, uh, finasteride and spironolactone. Um, and those suppress the male hormones. Right, okay. And the, some physiological changes I noticed, uh, my skin has got more sensitive. Yeah. Um, my breasts are growing, which is nice. Yeah. Um, my sexuality is changing, which is also really nice. Mm. Um, more into sort of a whole body experience. Right, right. Um, I just noticed I'm much more sensitive to pain. And I think this is probably why um, guys or boys, when they grow when you know, when, when we're children, boys mm. think that girls are sissy because they have a much, actually, I think girls just have a much lower pain um, threshold, like right. much more sensitive to pain. So from a boy's perspective, they are more responsive to pain. Right. And it's just a physiological thing, which is is really interesting. Yeah. Um, mm. Now, don't take this the wrong way, okay? But as a guy, I was always really pernickety about my parking. I had to be straight and exactly in the space. <laughs> now, as a girl, as a woman, to be honest, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I've got so much more important things to be doing. I could be having a chat with my kids and be in the middle of a sentence. And I'm like, I'm not going to drive this car forwards and backwards three more times. <laughs> It's Just almost throw it parallel. In there. Yeah, exactly. 
That's and hilarious. Like, you, you know what, guys? It's not that we can't part. We could. We actually don't. We could give a. We monkeys. choose not to. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> things to be doing oh god thank you yes you are absolutely right <laughs> so any other like emotional changes are you more you say you're like sort of more sensitive you know physically what about you know emotionally are you do you think you're more sensitive now or not or i am i, I mean i was always i got teased as a kid for being soppy it was me crying my eyes out in bambi you know age six um so i've always been like that but i, I think more now and um much more likely to cry than get angry, although of course we all get angry about stuff. Um, yeah. And just to, you know, feel the pain. And yeah, like that's that. interesting. Yeah. I'm sure that that, my reaction on Boxing Day, when we had my last argument with my ex, mm. um, that was the, my reaction. It actually really surprised me that before I would have stood my ground and wanted to fight, you mm. know, full of testosterone. And that the, my reaction then was to um, cry and flee. Um, and mm. get into a, another room because I just wanted to bore my eyes out. And I'm, that I really think that that was a sort of physiological change brought about by by hormone therapy. By hormones, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Probably just, like a mixture, would you think, of all of that and just the just the sadness and the being tired and I'm imagining as well. You frustration, know. yeah. Yeah, of the situation. Yeah, that too. Yeah. We've seen what's happened over the pond. And I, and I was really struck by Joe Biden's speech, actually acknowledging and accepting the trans community in the US. And uh, you talking before about how policies in this country are, are obviously making it difficult for uh, you know, creating bloody four year long waiting lists. Yeah. Ridiculous. I can only imagine what your reaction was when you saw and heard that speech. I think that, that there is a sort of um, fundamental underlying tension between um, progressives and um, conservatives, if you like, both in America and in Britain and probably in other countries mm. as well, where there are people who are very on board with changes and who understand what it's like for us as trans people and the challenges that we face and are sympathetic um, and why we feel we have to make so much kind of noise or uh, push for change. And there are other people who feel that there are some people who really feel like we're, we're taking over the agenda. We're trying, we get too many privileges and, you know, why, why should they get so much? And, you know, and I can understand it. I think, I think this is one of the, it is frustrating, but I think one of the, we do, one of the things that I love about this country and about, America is that we do have a democracy where we can have differences of opinion, where we can um, sort things out through the ballot box. And I think that that is very precious. And if we lose our tolerance for alternate opinions, however, however much I really, you know, it's painful to listen to some of them. Mm. I think we're, we're starting on down a dangerous path. And I, I think we, uh, I feel now, especially in the wake of Trump, um, we really do have to step back and take a breath and, really think about where we want to go mm. because mm. i know for example you know the, the people think the conservatives are evil monsters and you know there's a lot of policies i do really that are shocking that shock me mm. but uh, the reality is that unless we can we in britain can bring on board enough of the people who think that the trans people are getting too much and shouldn't be in women's spaces and all this kind of thing um, unless we can bring enough of them on board, policy is is not going to change as fast as we need it to, because mm. the voter p politicians aren't going to 
pursue policies which are horribly unpopular with their electorate. It's just a reality of life. Mm. So the more we can win hearts and minds and go and show that we're just ordinary people trying to live ordinary lives, we don't want to harm anyone, quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, we have lots of positive contributions to make. We're fighting for women's rights. Um, mm. it, you know. Yeah. Oh my God, Donna Landy for our second female prime minister. Yes. <laughs> Let's do this. This is slightly reminding me of, um, I had a quite an awkward conversation a, a year or so ago with another woman. I think what we were discussing were uh, non-binary identities because you know there are different identities as well that are not man or woman but fall kind of outside or between those identities is that correct and I so this woman that was what she was finding it was like she had managed to get her head around some of it um, and then was just sort of really um, intolerant um, and kept saying, "Well, I just don't get it. I just don't get it." Um, and and the, as if you know, well, I don't get it. Therefore, it's ridiculous. And my argument with her was, maybe you don't have to get it. You just accept it, as in mm. any walk of life. You know, just because you don't completely understand someone's perspective doesn't mean that perspective is wrong. And that sort of stood out to me was this sort of like because she couldn't understand then it was ridiculous and it was all just getting really silly because, you know, she's got her head around, you know, certain identities, but not all the other... Not the spectrum. All the, yeah, the spectrum of stuff, you know, in between those or that fall outside of everything that she's used to or understands. How do you get around that? I honestly don't know. No. Um, I honestly don't know. Sometimes people just have to experience it themselves or have somebody that they love be affected by it, like a grandchild or... Um, yes, yes, of course. And then, you know, or, or or a child, and and then they just have to kind of work it through. It might have been like my parents have had a bit of a journey, and I I can't imagine what it's like really um, for them. But they've 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 come along, and eventually, you know, eventually two years later, calling me Donna, and yeah, um, yeah, so. It is oh, possible. That's, that's so good. Are you an only child, or do you have siblings, Donna? No, I've got I've got two brothers, and uh, okay. they, they've been great. They've been absolutely mm. amazing. Um, I think that they just got on board really, really much more easily than my parents. Well, and I think it's a generational thing. Yeah, of like course. you say, I think there mm. is this kind of. I can, I can, I do. I feel so sorry for that lady. I think mm. it is. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to get your head around the whole thing about being trans, and then you get someone who seemingly they well, they can't make up their mind. Yes, just make that up your was mind. exactly. <laughs> Are you going to be a man or a woman? Just tell me and I'll get used to it. But yeah. today, you know, you're Peter and tomorrow you're Petra. Just, I can't, I can't, I just can't. I know. And, and that was uh, the argument that we ended up having. I was just like, okay, that's fine that it's difficult to understand. That is not your experience. So you're probably never going to fully understand. But does it matter? Just like accept no, that that is but, one human being's perspective. Yeah, I think um, the, the, the worldview has changed Um well, well, while we weren't looking, um, in, in the old days, you had to fit yourself into the available identities, right? There was man and there was woman and there was possibly um, Dame Edna Everidge, yeah. right? And that was it. <laughs> and you had to decide, are you one or, or the other? And if you were gay, well, that was okay, sort of, but you had to hide yourself away because it mm. was shameful, you know? And, um, and in the generation before me, it was illegal. So, you know, things move yeah. slowly, very, very slowly now. And thankfully they do. Um, and now we're in a world where um, w people are 
we people are encouraged to define and invent new identities to suit to, to match how they feel inside and are not constrained by the available identities it's really a very different paradigm of mm. how we see ourselves in the world and it's a lovely one yeah. um and i'm so grateful i've got kids because they bring me on board with all this stuff i and wanted to ask you about your your children can you tell us how they've adapted so they're 15 and 11 yes. and my understanding is that there are studies that have shown that preschool children adult children tend to adapt more easily to a parent's transition while adolescent children tend to face more challenges. Can you tell us your experience, well, their experience, your experience as a family? They have been amazing, I have to say. Um, My eldest remembers me as both, and to her, I'm still me, and I've just changed how I am on the outside. Um, And so there was never really a break of belonging with her, which is fantastic, and I'm really glad about that. Mm. Um, And, of course, it opens a massive space for her to explore um, in her teenage years, yeah. who she is yeah. and what, mm. what she, what she, who she likes, and how she wants to express herself in the world, which is fantastic. So there's really nothing she can't say. No, <laughs> she's, yeah. not, she's not really going to shock us, is she? Um, so uh, the youngest, unfortunately, doesn't really remember me as um, uh, as the male daddy. I'm still daddy to both of them, mm. um, which is uh, or dad, um, which is great. So uh, at school recently, my um, my youngest said to her uh, in class. Uh, yeah, my dad's a comedian. Um, and another kid said, oh, is he? And she said, no, is she? She's trans. And the other kid says, well, wouldn't that make her your mum? And she said, well, technically, yes, but no. God. <laughs> wow. How old Isn't is she? Great? She's 11. 11. Yeah. She's That's 11. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Organically, as we move forward, I think that my children's children will be in classrooms with a whole spectrum of different identities and parental identities, don't you? Yes, I, I think that's right. And I think that the more we can um, explain and expose children to different... Actually, I, I'm a, I would love to go into schools and talk to assemblies oh, and you, have them, yeah. Yeah, have them should, giggle and laugh and get it all out yeah. of their system and ask questions and, you know... It yeah. will just be the most amazing opportunity because like, most of them have just never met someone who's trans. No. Or, th- you yeah. wouldn't need to clean up your act, though. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to. Okay, so <laughs> I'm on the PTA jokes. at school. You'd need to cut all of the swearing out of your act. But I think you would be brilliant. I think you'd be so good. Oh, thank you. I I, um, I had to do that recently. I did, a, I did my first corporate gig on... Uh, a couple of days ago and um it went down the storm so yeah i i was quite surprised i can actually be funny without swearing (laughs) did the relationship just sort of remain the same then or did it get better in some ways and you know were there difficulties not to transitioning the the difficult things were with separating um oh of course yes yes so from being around them 24 7 almost apart from when i was away working you know going to bed with them waking up with them Mm. um being around when I was working from home and to, to suddenly being uh, every other weekend dad and one night during the week mm. and having to live 10 minutes drive away because we felt it was too close for comfort to be any closer. Yeah. But thankfully they only lasted a couple of months and then I could move around the corner. And so here we are, they can just walk over in 30 seconds. Yeah. And so, and you know, we can kind of feel each other's presence uh, from this from this distance, mm. which is lovely. So mm. they know I'm here, and they know. But um, yeah, that did that. That was that was really a really tough three months being yeah. far away from them. I'm not going to pretend. So it was that so. that was the hard bit. I mean, I, I suppose 
what children want more than anything is to know that you love them. You're the same person. So presumably gender isn't going to have a massive effect on a child's happiness. I suppose it's down to you know, how you as parents help children deal with any yeah, emotional responses in a healthy way. And then, like you say, like that wasn't the bit that was tricky because actually there are loads of events in the lives of parents and kids that are going to cause that are going to be tricky for them, aren't there? I think that's right. And I um, I do think there's going to be a lot for them to talk to their therapists about when they get older, yeah. <laughs> <That's> for sure. <laughs> so are there less opportunities for kids to be able to talk about it in everyday life with someone who is really informed or understands? So, you know, whereas you know, with other issues, they might speak to teachers or family friends or, you know, like their own friends as, you know, as they get older. Is that a bit of a stumbling block, being able to talk to someone who actually understands or is informed yes i do wonder about that um and whether a school counselor would have enough experience to be Mm. able to you know give the correct input or whatever that correct input is but Mm. i I mean i think the best thing about for counselors and this is what they do wonderfully is just to listen and and reflect and that creates a space where people can work things out themselves so for example Mm. i think for my youngest it's almost as if dad has gone and now she's got like um an auntie or something um who, who loves her and spends time with her, but it's not quite the same as having a dad, something like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't quite... And she, she's very private and she doesn't like to talk about her emotional world. And, and mm. I respect that, obviously, we respect that. Um, so I'm kind of curious how that's going to work out for her. And I, I would love to hear later, like if she's ever able to reflect later and, and uh, tell us how she felt and how it was for her, I'd be so, so keen to know. Yeah. For you to have lived so honestly... Yeah. Donna is just so inspiring. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. I mean, I have to do have to remind myself sometimes. Sometimes it's easy to start feeling guilty about what I've done to them, quote unquote. But on the other hand, um, what if I hadn't have transitioned, what life would I have been showing them? That you have oh, to put God. your own life on hold for your children? No. no. You you have to live your life and you have to live it boldly I, and with passion. Yeah. And yeah. if you do that, everything else somehow works out. Can I just ask you, Donna, about trans women in female spaces? Because it's something that is discussed very sort of passionately, isn't it? Ah, this is the hot potato, isn't yes. it? Because, <laughs> so... Yes. This is where passions <laughs> run high. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, now it, and it is, it, it's a sort of like a, I could call it a wedge issue because it, it is something which is used to drive um, feeling against trans people um, by people who don't recognise our identity as um, trans feminine. Um, because for a lot of uh, men are, are kind of driven almost biologically or perhaps, you know, um, primarily to defend women. And if they feel that they're girls, that ch- girls or, or women, women are there, I mean, you know, the patriarchal view, but you say, mm. you know, a, a standard cis bloke mm. uh, with a wife and children some of whom are girls if if they feel that their um, wife and and or girls are at risk from a trans person in a toilet um then they're going to feel get really angry about that and, and defensive um mm. because they want to protect and, and quite rightly who wouldn't want to protect their children and their wife right and i completely understand that and what what is never presented is actually the facts like okay well look i understand that but is there any evidence that trans people in toilets um, attack people um, or even 
uh, cis people, uh, like a, a non-trans man, say, oh, I know, I, I know, I, I've got, I thought up a wizard wheeze of getting vulnerable women. I'll dress up as a woman and go into the toilet. Actually, <laughs> that you've got more chance of being struck by lightning than yeah. of being attacked by a trans. I, I, I honestly, I went to. It's this horrible thing to do, but there is a, a, a trans hate site where they record every crime that's reported in a paper about a trans person. So that's a quite useful resource. And I went through the past two years and I could only find one example in two years of uh, an attack by a trans woman in a toilet. And of course, that's one too many. But um, mm. in that same two years, a million women have been assaulted by men and not in toilets. Mm. You know, so mm. we're looking at the wrong end of the stick here. Yes. Yeah, yeah but don't really, let facts get in your way, Donna. No. Don't no. let facts get it. <laughs> Jesus, come on. <laughs> you know, if there's hatred, it will be channeled and facts won't will not be relevant. But so when you said that, you know, like your sort of standard cis man is the one that is anxious, are women anxious about it? Oh, yeah, thank Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, some, uh, some are, and I think it's a very generational thing. When I transitioned at work, um, the younger, pretty much everyone welcomed me into the women's spaces. It was great. It was like, oh, welcome to the women's club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, and well, there were so many, I'm going to just segue off, but I'll come back if, if that's yeah. okay. I'm, I mean, being welcomed to the women's world, it, being, it meant being invited to the um, departmental women's lunch. And there were six of us around the table and somehow we got onto the subject of sexual abuse. And, um, woman who started the conversation said mentioned the time that she was abused at work and it just went around the table and I was like okay okay we've heard two we've heard three you know it won't be everyone and it's just everyone was six maybe eight mm. of us around that table every single woman had at least one story and usually multiple stories at the time they were you know boob grazed or um touched or mm. worse um at work and I'm, my jaw was on the floor I was like wait how come I've never heard this before that yeah. that both of those things amazed me. One that it's so common, and two that it's a complete secret to to most men mm. that it is so common, and it, it is shocking. But and I think that that's what leads to a lot of men not realizing the scale of the problem and how serious it is. Because it, and it's only later when I got welcomed fully to the the women's club by being abused myself that um, I realized that the, the the instinctive feelings are of guilt and shame, and you don't want to shout to the world hey i've been abused no. you know because it's horrible and it triggers your own upset around it yeah. so oh mm. welcome to the world of being a woman somebody yeah. said that to me when i started i was right at the beginning of my transition when i was telling people i'm trans she was like what does that mean i said well i'm going to start living as a woman she was like why do you want to do that yeah i was gonna say <laughs> like yeah trust me if i had any choice in the matter i wouldn't yeah. so mostly it's completely fine and and um, everyone was really welcoming but there were a couple of women uh, particularly sort of older women um you know i'd say in the 45 upwards bracket who i noticed would go downstairs to use a different toilet because no. i would generally use the one on our floor yeah now i know i know and but the thing yeah. is i've always felt that i do understand the reluctance because Round about when I started transitioning, particularly the, the Times newspaper, started a really nasty campaign to paint us as villains and sexual predators when, when we're not, um, as the evidence shows. Yeah. So you can't really blame people for reading what they read and then... Believing what they on, read, yeah. And act, acting on the basis of that, because they've really got no other source of evidence that's presented to them. So... It's it's really sad, but I do have a, I have a really good friend, um, one of my oldest friends from sixth form college, and um, she was uh, we we had a brilliant afternoon, and we were discussing it, and she said, "Well, I just don't want anyone with a penis in my in my toilet," and I and I was like, "Well, 
damn it, I, I really want to argue against you, but how can I argue against that? It's just, it's her preference. And um, it's what makes her feel comfortable. So it is a tough one. And it's, it's a really difficult one because you, how do you square the circle? And it does come down to, I guess, people's personal experiences as well. You don't know what has happened in that person's life that will make them feel very, that, that why they would be very anxious about that necessarily, do you, I well, guess? Uh, I think if, going back to that conversation yeah. we had earlier about how, how common abuse is, um, I think we kind of know. Yeah. We've got a good idea because pretty much everyone has been abused. I, I did meet a woman uh, recently who, who has not been abused ever in her life and I was like, wow, yeah, you know, mm. you, we should... We, we should have her it. mounted onto yeah. the wall. Yeah. <laughs> But do you know so, what? Also, I would say, mm. I wonder, though, if you sat and just said to her, well, what's your understanding of abuse? Is it, I would say, initially, we'd go, well, that has never happened to me. But then I sit and think about it. Of course, I've had people yeah, doing the nipple grazing, the turning their faces, touching my ass. So, yes, I ha- so mm. it's, do you know what I mean? I bet that woman, I bet you anything. Mm-hmm. But we sat her down and I gave her a grilling. We'd find out that, yes, she had. This reminds me of when my 84-year-old, now 84-year-old grandmother would say, um, well, that's just what it was like <laughs> back then. You know, you had a little dance on the dance floor and it, basically you'd get fingered or touched up and that was just like, <laughs> that's just how it was. That's how people said hello back then and you'd be thinking, well, why haven't I been touched up? She actually said to me once, I walked past the building site, we don't whistle anymore. It's a shame, isn't it? And I'm just like, fucking hell, you know. <laughs> Different times. Yeah. My mum was like that. She was like, well, no, we never got abused. and I've never been abused. And I was like, what? Nothing ever. I said, no, no, not at all. And I was like, oh, amazing. She said, well, there, there, of course, there was that time we were, I was out walking with a girlfriend and um, this guy flashed at us. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, well, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But she didn't count that as abuse. No, uh, that was just the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. That's just what happened. I think the best way that I've seen this resolved is in a club called The Queen Shilling in Bristol, where... Uh, you go down the corridor to the toilets. On the right is the, the gents. So all the gents filter off at that point and ladies carry on. And the ladies is uh, then the second on the right. And you go into the ladies second on the right. And then on the left is a, a, a women, uh, an inclusive cubicle. That's for uh, trans women and non-trans women. And on the right is a, a non-trans women only cubicle. So you kind of have three toilets, but you right. don't have to out yourself uh, yeah. to anyone Mm. Uh, to any men, anyway, as uh, being a trans woman by choosing a different entrance to the toilet. Yeah. And I, I think, wow. you know what? That's okay. Yeah, that's really that. good. I mean, Donna, I am imagining a comedy sketch where somebody is so pissed or high that they can't work out out of those options. <laughs> like, like, it's just it, multi-choice. It's just too, uh, uh, like, they just can't. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, I haven't actually been in the gents yet. I'm wondering if, I was wondering if the gents has a, like a, an option as well. I'm a subsection. Like four, four options. <laughs> Yeah. And then there could be a non-binary one as well, couldn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. There could a misogynist be. one. If you're a misogynist, you oh, go into oh, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you're if you're a masochist and you want to be abused by a misogynist, <laughs> go in there as well. <laughs> Fucking tranny. Oh. Oh, <laughs> We're coming down to Bristol and we're going to go to that establishment uh, and, and yeah, we will... Yeah, what's uh, it called again? Because my kids live in Bristol. The minute lockdown's over, I'm off to Bristol, so... Oh, come on. Queen, the Queen Shilling. Let's have a night out at the Queen Shilling. The Queen yeah. Shilling, yes. Your next episode, Night Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Oh, we could, be we could literally just ch- we could chat to you all day. I think I know, it's been so lovely to, to speak to you, and, and I'm sure that you are available if anybody's listening and would like some corporate festive entertainment um, yeah. with some diversity flavour in there. Uh, I'm sure that Donna would be available to come and entertain. I'd be delighted, absolutely delighted. <laughs> yeah. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you. It's been so lovely. from producer Paul UK Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.